0: to the Project Zion podcast. This podcast explores the unique spiritual and theological gifts community of Christ offers for today's world.
1: Welcome to Coffee to Go, where we center ourselves in the scriptures, seasons and holy days of the Christian tradition. I'm Karen Peter and I'm here with Blake Smith and we welcome you on this journey. So our question we ask each week is, where are we with Jesus this week? Well, this is the fourth week of Lent, of the Lenten season, and today we're with Jesus as he encounters a blind man, heals the blind man, and causes a dialogue about sin and who is a sinner Um, Jesus heals the blind man on the Sabbath day, which makes Jesus the sinner in this particular scenario. So this Mm -hmm. will be an interesting exploration. Sin is one of those words in uh, scripture that when we read it, it brings up all kinds of messages, all kinds of images, all kinds of issues, all kinds of judgments and beliefs. And much of it is unfounded and misinterpreted. So we have to pay attention. What are we listening for as we stand here with Jesus, listening to the conversation? What do we hear? So, Blake, what's the scripture?
0: So our scripture comes from John chapter 9, and uh, the story itself goes from verse 1 to 41, but we're going to focus on verses 1 through 25 today. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Salome, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, But it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am he. But they kept asking him, Now, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes, then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, And is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that he now sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and they said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know that though I was blind, now I see. It's interesting. You mentioned that um, Jesus was a sinner and they, they make that pretty clear. here, I mean, he, he was You're not going supposed again, to heal
1: people on the Sabbath.
0: And I grew up in that. Tradition. I well remember we didn't wash the car, we didn't cut the grass, we didn't do anything on Sunday. We we followed that in in my family growing up. But you know what that points to is blindness uh, that we all have because of biases, because of traditions, because of things that we've been taught that we know. I think one of the things that's been helpful for me in my working with others in ministry over especially the last 10 to 15 years, is recognizing the things that I have just accepted as truth because of tradition or because mama said so. So, you know, this part of the story gives us an opportunity to look at spiritual blindness, but something that we all experience, participate in. So I was on a trip with uh, youth. We had gone to a theme park for a Christian concert. And I remember this young man, we were walking down the line to get in our place in line and we passed this person who was covered head to toe in tattoos. And he turned to me and he said, what's that guy doing at a Christian concert? Because of the stories he'd heard, because of the things that had been placed in his life and the way he understood people, this blindness had been created. And, and there are so many things that can serve to create that blindness uh, for us. So, for instance, the the blindness of literalism, um, not leaving place for God to be God. Um, We're blinded from our tradition. That happens not only from family traditions that we have, but traditions in the church. We pick and choose, I think, maybe because of the power of the influences that are in our life, what we want to be blind to or, or what we're willing to be blind to. We're blinded by confirmation bias.
1: I think with confirmation bias, I see it I see it a lot in, in places where there's a lot of division politically and socially. You see this where mm-hmm. if I have a certain political perspective, I only look for information from sources that share my political perspective. Yeah. So and I see it on, on sides from all sides of discussions. So I'm blind to any um, truth or relevance of anything coming to me from a, from a source that I don't already agree with, which Uh, is not healthy at all. And yet I see it over and over again. uh,
0: That's, that's a great example. And I just recently heard um, a story uh, saying that there are people now a trend, especially with people being able to work from home and live anywhere that geographic areas are becoming more places of creating that confirmation bias in the way that, you know, that you're talking about. So we want to go and live by people who think like us and believe yeah. that's, that's so dangerous. It's only when we live in those kinds of communities and expose ourselves to those things that we can avoid that type of blindness mm-hmm. and bias. We, um, we're we learning. We're learning that we need to sit down and be in discussion with one another And that's often difficult and painful even, but it's the only way we're going to avoid the bias. We're blind because of our fear, fear of what we might lose. What is this going to mean for me if I give up privilege to someone else um, to give them equal privilege? Well, what if they use privilege like I've used privilege? And then I'm not going to like that so much. And so we become blind to what we do and how we interact with others. There are just so many so many ways that the scripture is relevant as we're we're talking about honest self-reflection. So how can we experience all this this week?
1: So I think um, one of the ways that we can experience uh, healing from that kind of spiritual blindness um, to experience that this week is to think about an issue that has conflicting perspectives in which you have some interest. So not something that bores you, but something you have a vested interest in. And spend some time exploring that issue from a perspective that is different from your own. So, um, if it's a cultural issue that that is divisive, perhaps your state is looking to legalize marijuana, and that's a cultural, a divisive cultural issue. So, spend some time exploring that issue from the perspective that's opposite from your own perspective, and just see how this practice of looking at things from various perspectives informs your conversations about the topic, not saying it will change your mind. I'm saying it informs (laughs) your conversation and it's a, it's a really good practice to get into to explore the perspectives rather than discount other perspectives. The other thing that might be helpful for this is to set aside some time this week to acknowledge your own engagement with sin, however that looks to you. Um, when I was growing up, I thought sin were like the big five things you weren't supposed to do. If you wanted to, to be good, <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't smoke and you couldn't drink. And there were several others, but, um, but that's not how I understand sin now. Ooh. So however sin looks to you, set aside some time this week to acknowledge your own engagement with it. And spend some time in in repentance, in prayerful repentance, and accept the divine forgiveness and healing that comes, um, and, and allow that to rest with you this week.
0: Thanks, Karen. I really appreciate that um, that permission, if you will, to to uh, consider sin however that looks to you. We might tend to think that we have to think of sin in a particular way, but having the per- permission to think about sin and engage with our own sin, however that looks to us. I I really appreciate you uh, lifting that up. So a couple of questions come to mind, I think, that we might uh, utilize as we go through this week and put these experiences into practice and make this real for us. And so uh, one of those is, what aspects of my faith am I bound to by traditions I may need to reevaluate? I can't tell you how many times along the way I thought I had all the answers. But even on particular issues, and I just I just continue to learn, um, and even my faith, I find myself asking questions if I'm being honest. You know, how important is this in the overall picture of faith? For me, I guess I would say there are always things that I am reevaluating and thinking, you know, would this really matter uh, to Jesus if it's keeping me from acting in a more inclusive, loving way. Another one, You know, how are my own ideas and beliefs about sin limiting my willingness to be in authentic relationships with others? You know, I, I think that we see things in others and we just avoid them and we we miss out on incredible authentic relationships when we do that. Absolutely. So, I want to finish us with a blessing that comes from the 23rd Psalm, very familiar to us, but it's a blessing of forgiveness and God's enveloping love. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. May this blessing carry you through the week. And we hope to see you again. And you join us for Coffee to Go for the next part of our journey through the liturgical seasons and holy days of the Christian tradition. Thanks for listening to Project Zion Podcast. Project Zion Podcast is a ministry of Community of Christ. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official policy, or position of Community of Christ. The music has been graciously provided by Dave Hines.